Hello, everybody. This is the Friendly Bear Podcast, where we interview some of the best and brightest traders in the trading community. Listen to inspiring stories and nuggets of insight from current and future game changers in the trading space. Listen and learn as we explore all types of trading niches with some of the best in the industry from a Friendly Bear point of view. Make sure to check out the Friendly Bear Podcast new YouTube channel called Friendly Bear Research, which includes all the podcast video content and supplemental screen shares. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. With that being said, I'm your host, David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and this is the Friendly Bear Podcast. Let's dive in. All right, guys, this is David, a.k.a. Reverse Long with the Friendly Bear Podcast, and this this time the Friendly Bear Book Club. And today we're going to go over this book called The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. I have it right here in audio. I've listened to it a few times already uh, in the past, and I re-listened to it uh, at 1.3 speeds um, for this podcast. Now, yeah, the, the hack over here is like 1.2 speed. 1.3 is like the perfect speed to listen to and be product, be the, the most productive, I think. You know what I mean? To get the get it done quickly and move on to another book and get and still retain. It's, it's fast enough. Where you retain the information, you know, and not not too slow, not too fast. But anyway, yeah, this book is about like uh, it goes over how like different types of people do things at a high level and like what it takes to do it at the high level. Um, it goes over like the Brazilian, like the the talent hotbeds, like Brazilian soccer players, uh, Korean golfers, women golfers, uh, baseball players, like in little league, like in, in a country Curaçao. Uh, and Aruba and what else? Uh, like all oh, skateboarders in Los Angeles and Venice. So anyway, it's pretty. It's pretty fascinating, you know. So the first thing it talks about is uh, the concept of deep practice, like doing something, like doing it, not just like talking about it. So like it gives an example uh, about like being at a party. Like you're not gonna remember the name of a person that you meet unless you retrieve it on your own somehow. Like if someone gives you the name, you're not gonna remember it. But if if you somehow were able to retrieve it on your own, retrieve the person's name on your own, then it like engraves it in your brain, and then now you really, uh, you know, you really retain it, and that's like a version of deep practice. It gives another example in the first chapter of like when you're on an airplane. And uh, you're given a, you see so the the flight attendant doing the life vest example, and you're kind of like looking at it, but you know you're not really retaining it. But then, but then in other another example, if you if you get the life jacket and go through the motions as the flight attendant is showing you, then now you're able to retain it. If the plane were to if the captain were to say put on your life vest, you'll know exactly what to do and do it. Under that pressure, you'll figure it out a lot faster as opposed to if you were just watching a video of the flight attendant doing it. Is a so then doing it, actually doing it is a part of the whole concept of deep practice. And um, well, the first thing that came to mind, like especially with trading, is like the people that want to do paper trading or like people just watch videos of YouTube and they don't actually do anything. It's different when you have the whole thing, the flying like you're in a, like you're in a war zone, like the bullets are actually flying. It's going to be a lot different than if you're just watching a movie about it. Um, 
the other day, uh, I had uh, one of the guys here in the office, the intern, um, Joe, I had him on the podcast and he's listening, but we were doing a pre-market trade and uh, he he had to learn under under fire, you know what I mean? How to fire the, this is something like executing the trade in the broker um, while the trade was going on because it was a quick trade. And uh, yeah, he was like, he's like, hey David, you know, do, do you go, <laughs> can you come here and show me? And I was like, I'm in the middle of a trade, man, I can't, you gotta figure it out. <laughs> and he figured it out. But like that's how you, that's how you really learn when you have all that all the all the stuff going on at once like you're in the war zone and you got to figure it out at the moment and you get practice with doing it and I think now he he uh, he learned how to execute that he's not going to get any help with that he kind of I think he figured it out that how to, that particular trade and those particular buttons to press for that but that came from not like watching me do it or watching videos on how to do it, that came through him being thrown in there and figuring it out. <laughs> but it, it wasn't that, that, it was a very low risk uh, situation, but like he figured it out. So it was real, it was a really, or you know, he was doing it. Um, what else? So it talks about, yeah, being forced to slow down, making errors and correcting the errors. That's part of the deep practice. All right, and it talks about deep practice with the soccer, okay, let's see. Brazil wasn't always a great producer in soccer players. In 1958, uh, a 17-year-old Pelé arrived. Okay, so before 1958, they kind of sucked, Brazil. And um, so, yeah, in the 1950s, they found a way to increase learning velocity through deep practice. So the, the, they, they incorporated this game called futsal, and I, I don't know how to spell it <laughs> or pronounce it, a futsal was originated in Uruguay, Uruguay, and uh, the Brazilians took it over. Basically, they could play soccer with this heavier, smaller ball, and uh, in less than ideal conditions. Like, for example, they would play like in basketball courts and concrete and dirt and uh, wooden pastures instead of like grass fields. There's a lot of the like. I remember when I was in Brazil uh, last year, I, I stayed in the favela for a week. I was there for about a month and I stayed all over. I wanted to see how the favelas were, so I stayed. At one point, I stayed in a little homestay kind of situation in a favela for a couple of days, see how it was. And like they had soccer fields up there, but the soccer fields weren't regular soccer fields, like a, like a field like we see over here in, in the United States, and grass and all that, and goalie posts. No, it was just like a concrete floor in the middle of the favela, surrounded by little huts or whatever. Not huts, but like little makeshift homes and uh it would be just like like kind of like a basketball court so they would play soccer in the basketball court it would the ball that like, bounces around i guess it futsal they play with the heavier ball so you know in less than ideal conditions that kind of forces um the it says uh what they call it like the learning velocity you know so okay so futsal no no time on the ball goes faster because it's concrete floor or harder surface no time and no space equals better skills. The deep practice zone. And then this, it talks about my, this thing, myelin is like this stuff that gets like wrapped around your DNA or as uh, you develop a new skill in brain circuits. I don't know, it goes deep into this anatomy and science stuff, but that hasn't been like fully confirmed yet. It's a, more like a theory, um, but it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, 
So yeah, like the more you do these deep practice, deep, deep practicing, your brain kind of recircuits and rewires if, like to make it encoded in the DNA, and like that's that's how you improve. Um, okay. Game resembles bat. Oh yeah, so the soccer game would resemble basketball or even hockey. The game was called football. The salao, aka football futsal, was spread like a, a virus in the Brazilian big cities. The game can be played anywhere. Grass fields are rare in Brazil. Every great football player played fut futsal as a kid. Yeah, crazy. Um, let's see. Okay, what's next? What's next? Okay, so we only know 2% of this whole myelin science, uh, according to, to the book, the talent code. Um, okay, it talks about like, okay, the rage to master, self-driven. Deep practicers are rare. If you have to ask yourself if someone has the rage to master, then they don't have it. That's crazy. So like, if, if you have to ask yourself, does this person have that, that rage to master something? And he doesn't have it. He either has it or he doesn't, so you can kind of tell. You can, so that you can kind of tell who's obsessive about something to the level of like they can achieve that next level or head towards that direction. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is like Kobe Bryant. Like you don't have to ask yourself if, if this guy uh, has the rage to master something. Like he, he just, he has it. Uh, it goes over, okay, then it, 38 minutes. Okay, a couple more minutes. Um, goes over also um, the Z-Boys. So the Z-Boy, a chapter in the Z-Boys. The Z-Boys were skateboarders coming out of Venice, California, and they developed like this myelin that had them, you know, had them through the deep practicing. So their version of deep practicing to develop the myelin for the brain circuits and all that, to find these connections and do something at a high level was through uh, skateboarding in empty pools in, in Los Angeles. So in Los Angeles, like in Beverly Hills, I know that I, I'm from Beverly Hills. I lived there for a while. Westwood and LA, whatever. The pools will be empty because of water droughts. Uh, and it means like a mandate, or whatever, to you can't have water in your pool, and there's also fires, and you you know, so they would have empty pools. So the Z Boys were these, these teenagers back in the 70s that would break into people's yards with big, big giant pools, and they would go skateboarding in the pools. And uh, you know, it's very crazy kind of skateboarding because those pools are really deep and steep and, and uh, narrow. So anyways, these empty pools were like empty canvases. It takes a whole body coordination. It's very hard. It's fly high or fall hard. Mistakes are corrected. Myelin grows and makes new connections. So that's uh, was the Z-Boys. And there's a movie on the Z-Boys. It's pretty, pretty fun to watch that one documentary. Uh, that's all another thing. But yeah, go check that out. Um, Talks about it goes over the Renaissance, the Renaissance men, how uh, they worked under a master, and the master was a trials legal guardian. They learned through action, mixing paint, sharpening chisels, etc. And like deep practice, like Da Vinci studied under Verrocchio, Verrocchio studied under Donatello, Donatello studied under Gibretti, etc., etc. Et so like this goes over deep, deep practice. This whole book, uh, it's, like, it's like the main concept throughout the whole book, the deep practice to make the myelin stronger, and then that's how you become the best uh, at whatever you do. Um, okay, oh, and then putting those Renaissance men put themselves in the right environment, not for not only deep practices, just to be surrounded by, you know, the whole environment pushing towards greatness. 
You know, they visited one, each, one another's studios. They spent thousands of hours trying and failing and trying again. Systematic excellence, you know. And when I when I read that chapter, I'm like, man, it's like what, what Puerto Rico is all about for me. You know what I'm saying? Like put, put myself in this environment uh, of excellence. You know, it's just, and it's helped a lot, you know. It's helped a lot with my trading and everything. So that's exactly it. Uh, you got to put yourself in the environment. Um, okay, what else? Monkeys can't use language because they, we have 20% more myelin. <laughs> that was one note. Um, repetition, practice between three to five hours a day. Okay, goes over that. Concentration, feeling mistakes. Uh, okay, the mistakes got to bother you. Concentration is a feeling. Practicing the feeling. Okay. And go keywords, attention, connect, build, hold, alert, focus, mistake, repeat, tiring, edge, awake, feeling of reach and reaching again, language, mountain climbers. Okay, so like, yeah, this is like the language mountain climbers. So I wrote over here. Um, oh, yeah, okay, so I like this chapter about Udasao, the country that's like an island, and like it's not known for baseball players, but for some reason they keep going to the Little League World Series and uh, developing some baseball players. And it's all because of this one baseball player that started it all, Andrew Jones. And I remember Andrew Jones played for the Atlanta Braves for a long time, and he was really good. So when you have one talent that gets out of there, and then it just attracts a whole new wave. So Curacao, they, you know, they had Andrew Jones, and ever since Andrew Jones, every little kid is like, I can be like Andrew Jones. So like, it just keeps, and Andrew Jones set it off. Now Aruba, in the in the uh, the opposite of that is Aruba had this pitcher that was like a phenom, Sidney Ponson, and I remember him. He got drafted by the Baltimore Orioles, but he didn't pan out because he turned into like this alcoholic and like totally went to obscure obscurity. And uh, no, after him, nobody in Aruba, in the country of Aruba, the small island, uh, came out of there. You know, so it was a flame out. So two, two different things, like Curacao, a tiny little island, Andrew Jones was a success. Now you have this whole talent, like, talent that followed Andrew, because every little kid believes they can be like Andrew, and now they're, they're motivated to, you know, to pursue it and uh, try really hard at it and, uh, you know, and, and go that route. And Aruba, the same little, same kind of little island, uh, not too far away from, from uh, actually I think it is kind of far, I had Sidney Ponson, but Sidney Ponson turned to be the, an alcoholic and didn't make it, so it kind of just turned everybody off. Like it didn't, it didn't spread. The whole baseball thing didn't spread over there. Uh, and finally, the four-minute mile. So the four-minute mile used to be an impossible barrier, but once one guy broke it by like a fraction of a second, within three years, seventeen runners broke the four-minute mile, and. Uh, yeah, it just once you believe you can do it, you can you can do it. You know that's all that's all it is. But yeah, that's a, that's it for the book. I want to go over this book. It's it was a, a shorter book. Things like five or six hour read on on Amazon Audible. Uh, but you can you know put it a little faster if you want to. Uh, great book. You know these kind of books are really helpful trading about psychology and like how to do something at a high level. I think it really helps. But yeah, thank you for listening to the Friendly Bird Podcast. That concludes today's episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to the channel on the platform you use. The Friendly Bird Podcast is hosted by me, David, where you can find me on Twitter 
at reverse underscore long. You can find the Friendly Bear Podcast at www.thefriendlybearpodcast.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, and now on YouTube at Friendly Bear Research. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Friendly Bear Podcast.